Yeah, for I I definitely would always pick going to the the Marines first because me personally, I didn't have an ounce of discipline at all. I just I didn't care about anything. So for me, I needed it and it was a learning experience. So I don't th- because I don't think without it, I think if if I had gone to college and not joined the military, I definitely would have failed out of college like super quick. In a general sense, people just want to be comfortable and not have certain worries and stuff. And I feel like if you just keep that in mind, it it can make you put a lot of things in perspective. So even talking to people with different viewpoints, just think that, okay, this person just wants to be comfortable and their sense of comfortability might be different than mine. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, and I'm really excited to bring this episode to you. This is a conversation with Dante Brooks, who is returning for the second time. His first episode is amazing, and I'm really proud of Dante and what he's been able to accomplish. And now having the second conversation with him and giving a little update of what he's doing, it's even more so. And we're also joined by Jordan Chris, as everyone here who's a regular on the show, he's basically here most of the time. And... In this conversation, Dante shares his, you know, updates with school and his updates with the acting class and then just other some deeper personal things. Um, And that means we kind of talk about discrimination. And this is classic forms of discrimination, as you would expect growing up, you know, dealing with police and how they act towards people of color. And then there is um, culture, cultural things within the African-American community and how they treat other people. The idea of, you know, you don't sound black or the idea you don't, you know, you act white, um, those sorts of things. And we kind of go into these conversations and it's, and I think these are really important conversations to have. And in general, it reminds me of how to, how we can bridge the gap into understanding more. And this is one of those things is by having this conversation, it's powerful, really is. And I think more conversations like this have to happen. So without further ado, everyone, please enjoy this conversation with Dante Brooks and Jordan Chris. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. And this is our first call-in conversation yeah. with, uh, as always, Jordan Chris is here. Hello. And we're actually joined again, returning for the second time, Dante Brooks. What's up? How's it going, man? It's pretty cool. Halfway across the country. It's going good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it is it the balmy seventies up there now, as it always is in you California? Know, you know, actually, 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 it's not. The past um the past couple months, it's been raining and really windy and cold, like forty degrees cold. Good. <laughs> yeah, and it act, it actually just started getting warmer, and it got cold again. So I think hopefully this this is the last time, and it starts getting warm out. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm still, just. It's like 120 20 degrees out here in the summer. So you and your cold, man. We've yeah. been dealing with like 40s feels warm for yeah, us right I was now. Say, it's so funny when people are like, man, it's 40 degrees out. It's cold, but here it's like, oh damn, it's real nice out today. Throw out a t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I went out in shorts today, and it was barely even 50. Yeah, <laughs> that's nuts. Oh man, it's not fair. I know, really. Don't you get like sick of it just, being nice weather all the time? 
Yeah, because it's kind of like being stuck in purple. Every day is the same. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to think about it. You're just like, yeah, I know it's going to be sunny tomorrow. And I can wear a t-shirt and shorts. <laughs> yeah. It's not cool. Other than that, man, what, yeah, I- what else is new? Um, well, I'm going to school now, so that, that's been a very, um, boy, interesting, <laughs> interesting um, kind of event, because it's, um, it's weird going to school, I mean, as every other veteran can attest to, just we're going to school with a bunch of people that haven't really had that much life experience, so, um, yeah, right. you know, every, every time they give their opinions about something, like, sometimes it's good, it's, um, you know, introspective. Uh, to me sometimes and but most of the time man it's um it's kind of funny like they just think that um like for instance I had a I had a government class intro to government class and uh there was a chick in that class that she uh just thought that socialism was the way like she up and down she just wanted socialism for like the United States and I, I don't know. I really want to tell her, like, that's, you know, that's not how socialism really works, you know, because <laughs> when everybody's the same, everybody has nothing. So, but she just, um, she's very, very hard supporter of that. So it was kind of interesting. I feel like there's more and more of those now. <clears throat> People who support uh, socialism. Yeah, I would, I would agree. But it's, it's got to be weird for you because, you know, you're, you're going into this now and you're like 26 and the average student is probably barely 20, 18, probably 19. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for you, like, you know, you've, you've seen shit and <laughs> for, for lack of a better term, it's, it's, did you expect to go back? And then what are you going back for specifically or currently in pursuit of, I guess would be the better question. Yeah. Um, well, initially, initially, I uh, didn't really know what I wanted to go to school for, which is why I kind of waited so long. Because when I got out, I was just trying to get a job, you know, stay employed pretty much. Mm-hmm. And um, the last the last place I worked was just fucking terrible. And it really made me realize, like, like literally, like I would I would be sitting in the truck and I'd be like, man, I got to I got to leave because um, there was there was a day that. And it was in the morning. Uh, multiple people messed stuff up the day before, and it wasn't even like crazy big stuff or whatever. But I go to the truck, and then the boss, the guy who owns the company, comes out, says I was sitting in the truck too long, and I don't know how long a couple of seconds is, but whatever. <laughs> so he like he this dude has like anger problems, but he um comes to the truck, tells me to turn it off, to to wait for somebody to give them some equipment, which is like a metal bar, a hitch that goes on the back of your yeah. truck. So the guy shows up, he starts yelling at him. He yells at me and then he picks up the metal hitch that weighs like probably 30, 40 pounds. And then he throws it at that guy's feet. And then it's like, man, you guys are fucking useless. And the guy had to like jump back. Cause I mean, if it hit his feet, it probably would have broke it. Right. And yeah. I was like, I just, I just thought to myself, I can't. I You're just can't. like, I gotta get out of this. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I I thought about it some more, and then um, now I'm going to school for uh, radiology. X-rays oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, because I figured I love the human body. I love like the way it works, and you know I've dealt with multiple injuries myself, so mm-hmm. I know what it's like to you know just have to go through that whole entire process. And and I think X-rays are pretty cool. And I don't want to work outside anymore, for sure, especially out here when it's 120 degrees in the summer. 
that's uh yeah it's not for me that does not sound like a fun time for anybody involved yeah so that's what i'm that's what i'm going to school for now so it's been uh very interesting that's very cool yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of it's. I feel like that's such a normal progression of things, though. It's like where you see how bad something could be, or you know, you're exposed to it, and you're like, I don't want to be in this like that position anymore, yeah. kind of thing. Because it felt the same way for me when I started working out in retail and things like that many years ago. It feels like now, but you know, I wouldn't say it's not necessary because I think part of the time you, I think you need to go through shitty things to realize what you don't want in some ways. <laughs> To kind of give yourself life yeah. experience and be like, okay, I guess, you know, here I've seen what I, what my life could be like, so now I'm going to try and make something better of it kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's eye-opening. Yeah, exactly. And like, I bet right when you saw that metal thing, whatever it was, hit the ground, you were like, bet, I'm done. <laughs> like, that was that was just it. Um, was yeah, like, I, 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 yeah. I, I literally... I literally that day when I got when I got to my like first little work site thing, there's these palm trees that grow and they always cut them. And I I stared at it for about like five minutes. And I told myself that by the time that these palm trees grew back, I wasn't going to work here. Dang, that's pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, and yeah, I'm going to school way before they grew back. So there you go. So, so yeah. kind of like going into the school stuff, has school felt different for you now than it, like, you know, looking back on your school experience, you know, since you gave As yourself, in like, a, like, with how easy or how much, just because I know it can feel daunting in some ways. You're like, man, I haven't been in school mode in, yeah. you know, probably what, six years almost now for you, I think, with the military. Yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, military well, um, was a little bit school-like for you because of the the way your program r- ran. But yeah, regardless, it's, it's a yeah, it's a for the military. It's a little it's a little school-like. Well, very school-like when you're learning your job. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, there's um, it's like there's someone to guide you. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of like help you can yeah. get because they know what it is. They worked on the plane, so it's very easy for them to like kind of explain it to you. Uh, there's more and they're always basically. it's in. Yeah, there's more mentoring, and it's in your com- it's in your command. You know what I mean? Those people are always right there. Um, but honestly, I'm kind of scared of going back. Now I'm I'm way more comfortable. But I mean, in high school, I didn't. I mean, I didn't give I didn't give two fucks. Right. Like, it was bad. <laughs> like very like terrible. So like just having that in mind and knowing how bad that I almost failed out of high school. Mm-hmm. Like now, I just in my mind, I. I I can't now it's not a choice, you know what I mean? Like I have a family. Yeah, right. I got kids. Like it's not um it's not that that fear is kind of what drives me. So I mean it's like even, you can't you you've set yourself up so failure is not an option, basically. Yeah. You know like this is this is my job now. So Right. Yeah, it's it's good having that um that motivation. Yeah. I think that's you know, other, important. Yeah, because otherwise I think um I think maybe if I didn't have like a family and I didn't have like children. I think it'd really be like, I think it'd be more difficult quite honestly, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that, that drive. Like when I, when I come home, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't see my wife, I wouldn't see my kids. And you'd have to find the motivation from elsewhere, you know? Yeah, correct. But, um, it's, it's, it's been good. It's been good so far. You know, um, just again, some of the people you got to deal with are just, just weird beyond belief. Like I have a sociology class 
and we're supposed to do like groups, right, for this project that's this due later on. Yeah. So, you know, we got to get people's numbers. So there's like five people in the group good numbers and there's a like a, a couple that's in the back and um i go i go over there i ask the guy for for his number he gives it to me and then i go to the the chick and i ask her for her number and immediately she's just like you can ask him like super rude and like almost as if it almost as if i'm trying to hit on her and i was just like what like what, what what are we doing here? Like this is a group project, and then he and then it, it was crazy because it caught him off guard. And he just kind of was like he looked at her and he was like, "You can, you can tell him," and they're like whispering right in front of me. I'm literally standing right in front of them, and then neither one of them said anything, so I just walked away. Like what the hell are we doing here? Like, yeah, man, it's just oh my these god, college, it's college kids they just i don't know this is weird <laughs> dude it's it's for sure weird like you know probably coming from your military background even you jordan you probably get this hilarious but these kids man you have to tell them straight in their face this is due yeah. next week or like tuesday yeah but if they don't get confirmation that it's actually due it's like a 90 percent chance they won't do it yeah and i'm like you've been in school since you were like five you're now like 24 <laughs> and you still need explicit direction yeah. to make sure shit gets done on time. Yeah, it's super annoying. I'm like, I'm like, I sit here, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like, I go to the gym and I make sure I do that. No one tells me to do that. I have a full time job. I still do that. You know, it's like you just do all these extra things and it's like, wow, people just really like to skate. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah, there was. It, in, in my in my uh, general nutri- nutrition class, there was a quiz, like a fifty point quiz, that was due, and it, you do it on a computer, like at home. Yeah. And usually, how they have it set up is that the the program Canvas that they use to put assignments on, it'll send a notification through your phone, like, yeah, hey, this is due today. And it didn't send a notification for that quiz, and more than half the class took a zero because they. <laughs> They didn't do it. <laughs> this, this is what I mean. This is what I mean by people. Literally, if you don't, if you don't put it in front of their face and say this will be due, mm-hmm. they just don't do it. Man. Some people have terrible organizational skills. Not saying I have great ones, but I feel like organization is such a hard thing to get straight for yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so, so unsexy. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Until until you're organized and you're like, oh, that's yeah. nice. You know what I mean? Um, also, though, I feel like in college and stuff. Um, in college and stuff, the future is, even in high school, but, like, the future is so far away. And yeah. they, they don't even, it's like, oh, whatever, I'll take that zero. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. we're, like, in your position going back to school and, like, having, you know, a family and stuff, you're kind of like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, you don't have time to mess around. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> you know? like, I mean, legitimately, Dante's at the point where he can be, like, I'll either take a shitty job and, like, take these verbal abuses just to make a paycheck or I'll do something better that I actually find enjoyable, you know, because it just seems so like removed, like you're saying, right? Like when you're yeah. 18 and you're like, I'm going to pick, I mean, it's kind of relevant when we had the scandal with the Stanford or I forget what Ivy League school it was. Yeah, I have no idea what that's about. I didn't look into it at all. So basically like, they were bribing, the parents of the students were bribing the schools so they could get into the Ivy Leagues. Oh. So they were like falsifying test oh. scores, basically. 
And so the daughter goes on Twitter and posts a video of like, well, I wanted to go to school to party and get drunk. Like, I don't really care about like what I'm going for. Like, I want to have like a social life. I'm like, God damn it. Because <laughs> it pisses me off to no end. Because it's like, yeah. where's your drive? And I mean, I get the, I, it, it annoys me by the mom more than anything. Mm-hmm. Because it's just using money to and influence to buy your way into things. And it makes people entitled yeah. because of that. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, go ahead, or go ahead, go ahead, Jordan. I was just gonna say that type of thing. They were probably just used to that. That probably goes back so far, right? You know what I mean? That's probably like they grew up with it, so it's yeah, not like the parents probably <laughs> had same thing with them. You know what I mean? That probably goes back generations. And I mean, you see, to me, like when you said that, I was kind of like, oh, I thought, I thought we knew that. You know, like I thought. No, I mean, right? It's yeah. not. <laughs> it's not that it's not. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, I thought that's been happening, so I didn't even think that was news you know what i mean um it's crazy though because there's so many hard-working deserving people and then you have someone who's just like oh here's a couple i don't know how much they were giving them but here's a couple grand or tens of thousands of dollars or whatever let my kid in and they just go and party which i don't not blaming the kid for wanting to party i mean you you had your face i was gonna say when i was 18 (laughs) i I wanted to do the same (laughs) but so i don't yeah i don't blame the kid at all no i don't i don't blame him either but it's it's just a part of the upbringing. I think, you know, part of it is, I think we honestly, you need time to adjust mm-hmm. because going into school and like a college and just going like, I'm going to be X or go to school for X kind of thing. You don't have any idea what you're getting yourself into. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Dante, for you, like if you could go back to high school, would you still go to the Marines first or would you, go to college first. I've always, I'm always curious to everyone I know who did and go straight to the military. Cause I had that option. I ended up going to school first. I guess everyone had that option, but you know what? Like I was down yeah, the path of, right. you know, going like straight out. Yeah. That. And then I was like, ah, actually I'm going to go to school. Um, and I actually wish I did the opposite. I wish I went to the military first and then oh, went back to school. So I'm curious what you think Dante. Yeah. for I, I definitely would always pick going to the, the Marines first, because me personally, I didn't have an ounce of discipline at all. I just, I didn't care about anything. So for me, I needed it and it was a learning experience. So I don't think, because I don't think without it, I think if, if I had gone to college and not joined the military, I definitely would have failed out of college like super quick. Either I would have been just too distracted, no motivation, or, you know what I mean? I just, I just feel like the, the military for me was just so good in, like, growing up, just becoming a man in general. Yeah, right. That um, that without it, I think I just would have would have just failed out. I mean, in many out. ways, I think it feels like a, like a crucible. Like, with all you guys who have explained the experience and stuff like that, it, for, especially the people who got the most positive benefit from it, um, you, you guys are like, basically get you know pulled away from your families with basic and stuff like that and you have no ties no way of like failing out of it so to speak other than you know i'm here and i'm gonna fucking make sure i get through this kind of thing you just gotta do it (laughs) yeah and then you know you guys kind of just have to make it on your own and you're just on base for four years or five years in your case and i don't know i just i think it's like a super there's not many places that you kind of have like that I guess rite of passage in some ways, like it, cause it, yeah. it makes you transition into the real independent world and kind of get a better glimpse of like 
the world at large and like especially with the different people you meet too within the yeah. military yeah you yeah. know <laughs> i'll say you learn how to deal with different people mm-hmm. yeah because like out here in the suburbs you know everyone's pretty bubbly and like it's the same person yeah with a like, different face yeah. more or less like you have the same cultural upbringing so it's like everyone's just kind of like you know their their most annoying thing is probably you know they got cut off or they have to do homework yep <laughs> like jesus yeah yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that too. Because I mean, even when, when I was in, there was we had a uh, a sergeant in our shop, and he uh, was a little racist, you could say, mm-hmm. and um, he like tried not to be, but man, it would like come out sometimes, and uh, we actually to. had a conversation. I, yeah, and I was like, we we actually had a conversation about it, and I was like, hey, you know what you're saying is is pretty racist, right? Because it was about like our hair and stuff like that. Oh boy! And then he's like, "Yeah, yeah." And he and he, we kind of talked about it. And he's like, "All right, you know, I'm sorry. It's just you know, my my dad's like a, a very typical like Southern Baptist preacher, and he, I guess, I guess, he was super racist. So that kind of just rubbed off on him. And you could tell he wasn't trying to be. It was just something that he grew up with. So it was kind of wow, that's super interesting. Was, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't like he was he intentionally meant it. It was just that's all he kind of knew, and especially because there weren't that many black people in the work center. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was good to just kind of have that conversation and like establish the baseline and let him know when he's overreaching sometimes. Yeah. And I was, I was just a, a, a Lance Corporal at the time. So it was kind of nice to have that conversation with someone superior to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause that conversation could have gone a completely different way. You know, he could have just been like overly yeah. about it and just like brushed it off. Like, Oh man, like, you know, like, yeah. Oh, you're being soft, right? You know yeah, I mean? something like that. <laughs> and I, I think yeah. That's a- I mean, there's yeah, there's there's definitely some other individuals that um I worked with that have some pretty far fetched opinions about stuff like that, mm-hmm. and especially after the whole um I think it was around the time that the the Black Lives Matter stuff was going oh, okay. around. Uh, yeah, that was um, that kind yeah, of makes sense. It, yeah, yeah, it got pretty um heated, you could say, because it was. It was other colored people that, in the, <laughs> colored or whatever, Hispanic, just people of color in the work center mm-hmm. that were trying to explain to someone who's from the southern part of Illinois that come from the middle of like a, like the countryside, <laughs> like the reason for it, and they just kind of didn't. They just couldn't it was, grasp it. Yeah, they just yeah they couldn't they couldn't grasp the concept of what we were trying to say to them. And it it really caused like a just like an issue for quite yeah. a few days. It's like to a, the point where that person had to go on another crew. So oh, like another wow. like day crew, night crew. Jeez. Yeah. So that was a frustrating time. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, when you're you're first... posting a lot on Facebook during those yeah probably a couple months. Because I was I I pride myself on being someone like someone who understands. <laughs> like I try to understand uh, both sides of everything. Um, and so during, during that, it's funny how you said Southern Illinois, because that's, that's where I did my military stuff. Oh, <laughs> and, really? I didn't know it was that yeah, far. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. You did drive like what? Five hours South and not five, something like, like that. Two and a half to three hours. Okay. So not but still. Yeah. Pretty far. <laughs> yeah. But still Southern Illinois. Um, and yeah. it was just, uh, it was so frustrating because people, it wasn't even like, 
it was like they didn't want to understand you know what yeah. i mean it was like no matter how much you tried to yeah. just like lay it out and be like man it's not it's not in the sense of like degrading or anything like that it's sort of just like to, to put everything on an even playing field type thing you yeah. know what i mean or just to raise awareness more so i was like it's literally just to raise awareness yeah. and man it was like getting it from every angle from facebook to you know, going to drill and stuff, and it was just extremely frustrating time. I'm glad. I feel like more people kind of understand it now since yeah. all the tensions kind of release and stuff. Um, yeah, definitely felt really yeah. high tensions during that period in yeah. in many ways. And um, I think it's the, the hardest part is understanding the biases that we all have, whether we mean it or not, you know, because a lot of people just yeah. don't, don't know it. And I think the first step is just kind of, hearing out the ideas in some way rather than just hand waving the way like oh you're just you know making up baloney or you know what i mean like they're just like oh this is not you know i I think a lot of it just becomes down to the people who are not exposed to it in general don't have a frame of reference to be able to just have a conceptual understanding of what that could even entail right (laughs) yeah and you know and you know sometimes like after like after you think about it a little bit like you know it it's hard for someone that hasn't lived through like any type of discrimination by the police yeah or anything like that for them to kind of you know grasp that concept because you know in in the sociology class we were we were talking about um the stop and frisk how they um they used to have it in New York and whatnot mm-hmm. and um is there's certain people in that class that you can tell like they've not ever had to deal with stuff like that. But, you know, I grew up in Steeple Hill. It's still like the suburbs and whatnot. But for other people that don't know, Steeple Hill accepts Section 8. So it used to be kind of ghetto cause, because people from the city used to move out there. And then uh, okay. the people from the city would bring all those same problems. So I still remember people getting in knife fights outside my window at night, like watching a knife fight and dudes cutting each other up. And like, I, you know, luckily I never saw anybody get like shot and killed or whatever. And I'm glad I haven't, but I still saw like some of those things that come with like living in a low income community. Mm -hmm. And, um, like we were talking about stopping first and I've been stopping first when I was like 14 or 15 by like three different there was like three police cars that just showed up and we were just like playing outside it was me and uh one of my other friends that actually moved out here and we were just they were playing like cops and robbers or something like that we we're just running around and they just stopped us and then they like patted us all down and then when i asked like why are we even getting like patted down why are you guys talking to us they just like looked at me like they wanted to like beat the crap out of me and they literally literally just stared at me yeah and then um after like 10 15 minutes they like let us go because they couldn't find anything nothing wrong. but i mean yeah yeah but i mean they had no one called the cops no one said anything they just showed up and then just started like frisking us for no reason and then uh, like another time um there was this cop and i'm pretty sure this cop ended up getting arrested um a couple years ago i'm pretty sure it's the same cop but apparently there was like a dirty cop called like Pac-Man. I think that was what he was called. But I had went outside to go take out the trash and I have no shoes on. 
I just had pajamas, no shirt. And at the time, I didn't even know what an undercover cop car was. So I went to go take out the trash and this car pulled up real slow and then just like shined a light at me and I got fucking scared. So I ran back in the apartment. Mind you, I don't have like any clothes on barely. I don't know how this guy found my house, but um, Damn. he came up. Yeah, he came up there and then my mom answered the door and they're like, oh, we need to we need to talk to your son. And then she was like, well, why do you need to talk to him? And he was like, oh, we got reports of someone firing off a cap gun in people's first floors apartments or something like that. What? <laughs> yeah. And she was like, no, you're not going to talk to him. And, and he really tried to like press her like, oh, we need to we need to talk to him by himself. And then she was like, no, you're not going to talk to a minor, my son, by himself and literally had to argue with him, like scream at him. And then eventually he just um, he went away. But one of the things he said was, oh, I know everybody in this neighborhood, but I don't know your son yet. And I don't even know what that was supposed to mean. But, um, yeah, he's they got no argument and his partner was there and him and his partner left. And I think that same guy ended up getting arrested years later for like, I don't know, laundering drugs or something like that. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. But I mean, um, you know what I mean? I it, It's hard for people to, who haven't been through any type of situations like that to understand. So you kind of have to have that perspective, mm-hmm. too, when you're. When you're talking to people that live in a completely different community than you, or haven't been haven't been raised in like a that type of community, so and like every not every time, but a lot of times I would go to you know say something about it, like oh there is there is differences, you know, with how they deal with you know certain you know um, cultures and races and stuff. Everyone's like, oh you you were raised in the suburbs, you didn't you didn't have those differences, and I was like. I mean, for the most part, yeah, I'm not I'm not even trying to speak in a comparison sense. I'm just yeah. saying, like, again, it's understanding, be able to just look at things as it is, even though there was one time I will say when I was in uh, when I was in school, this is the only time I remember if there's another time, it must have not been a big deal. But uh, it was me and uh, one of my girlfriends at the time who was white. We were hanging out in my dorm room, just chilling, whatever, nothing serious. And, uh, like, just laughing. And then I get a knock on my door. And I'm like, all right, what, who's that? Because it was, like, late. It was, like, 2 a.m. or something. Mm-hmm. So I was like, who's knocking on my dorm room? You're like, that's weird. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I look out the peephole, and I see two cops outside my door. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I think they're, like, I don't really think anything of it at the time. So I'm like, that's weird. So I just open the door. I'm like, hey, what's up? And they're like, oh, uh, like, the cop looks in. He's like, oh, um, looks in the room and then goes, oh, we're going to need to separate you guys. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's like, uh, yeah, we just, you know, we heard some stuff. We're doing our rounds. We heard some stuff through the hallway and, uh, you know, it sounded like there was crying going on. So we're just going to separate this. I'm like, bro, we were laughing. We're just chilling. And she's like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, she's like, what the fuck? And then he's like, no, we're going to separate you guys now. And the cop's like, so what do you have in the room? Like trying to find something. And I'm like, dude, there's nothing in here. I'm like, we're chilling. Like, what do you, what is your problem? Yeah. And then I, she's, like, down the hall, and I hear her say, like, you guys are tripping, he didn't hit me. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? And the cop's like, okay, well, we don't really know what's going on, and so we're just going to separate you guys so she can't stay here. Wow. And so they made her go buy a hotel because they wouldn't let her stay in the dorm room. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? And they were like, if, you, if we find out you went to go, like, hang out with her, there's going to be problems or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, like, you're going to find out. So they left, yeah. and I went to the hotel. <laughs> but that I was like, that was the craziest thing. And I'm like, that was so 
unnecessary and like i'm kind of a mild-mannered person right you know what i mean so i don't like, like most it. people in this podcast know that i mean between the both of you yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean i didn't escalate it. i was just like dude you're tripping like yeah there's literally nothing going on i was 21 and had liquor in the room but i'm like dude i'm 21 so i'm old enough to have yeah this, like, i'm like that's not a big deal i didn't i don't smoke so i'm like there's no drugs here i'm like you're just fishing for not you're like yeah. you're not gonna get anything yeah you know, what I mean? you know you know, one of the things that we also talked about, too, was um, the fact that uh, some some places, like, for cops, they have, like, these quotas that they're supposed mm-hmm. to get. And it just becomes, like, a numbers thing. Like, just, we'll find the problem even like if we create a problem. think it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we'll just we'll just create the problem. So, like, I don't know. I They were talking about New York. I mean, I don't know how every police department works, but... Yeah. I'm sure, I'm definitely sure that that has to happen quite often mm-hmm. because there, there are times when it just seems like, like, what, like, are we trying to make a situation or, or what? Because if you, if the, if the job was to find something wrong and you didn't find anything wrong, then this conversation would have been over probably a long time ago. Right. But now yeah. we're just what, like, what are, what are we doing here? Just needless probing. So. Yeah, I mean, if you kind of take these, like, examples that you guys are saying, right, and and you kind of just say this is happening over a broad spectrum of people in many areas across, you know, the United States just for our demographic area, (coughs) you can see why there could be this, like, divide between communities because it's not only, like, you guys are, one, experiencing this thing, and then also you're hearing it from your cousins, your, you know, parents or you know, anyone else, like you're just hearing all of this whispered through the grapevine. So it just kind of makes everybody put themselves on edge. And then also the, not, maybe not just cops, because they kind of could paint the brush too broadly, but mm-hmm. like you, you, then you have the same stories going the other way where everyone else is on creating the, this own, you know, uneasiness towards each other. And you just, and then you can see why everything gets exasper- exasperated over time, you know, and not only that, just the long history of how these things have just played out which right. doesn't help either. So it's just, I don't know, it just feels like a bad s- scenario because like me and Jordan have talked about before is like the trauma, idea of trauma and stuff. Like mm-hmm. these things stay with you, obviously. Like Dante, you're giving stories that happened when you were 14 and you right. still remember it. Like it was, you know, and it's, even though it's not like a huge deal, like nothing happened, it still matters because it leaves a little bit of like an uneasiness about a certain type of person mm-hmm. with you. And it's, it's like just sucks because it's not... <laughs> Because you know you're not weren't doing anything wrong, and it's like they just assumed that something was wrong or could have been wrong or wanted it to be wrong, I right. guess. And I, I don't yeah, know. I, I think you, I think a, a good um, a good example of kind of um, just almost like like race relations in general, I guess, is the movie Zootopia. Yeah. Um. I, did Did you see it, Wenzel? Yeah, I've I've seen that movie before. Yeah, the way they um approached that the subject was pretty pretty spot on, and um it's definitely one of one of my favorite movies. I honestly it would not have good. I would have not have looked at it through that lens, but it makes a huge. Oh, you didn't realize it? No, I did not realize oh, that. Yeah, go. I would say re- I think it's on Netflix. If it's not, I, anymore, I'm gonna it have to be. rewatch it now because now, like as I, as you were just describing, I was like, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did a really good job. They made it lighthearted enough but serious enough mm-hmm. and there was a breaking bad reference in there and i love that 
Naturally. Yeah. You do. You, I feel like you can't do a podcast without mentioning Breaking Bad. I can't. It's impossible. <laughs> but yeah, it was perfect. It was like, I was like, yo, I'm so happy they put that in there. Because <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I love how, it, I mean, it was, those movies are geared towards kids. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. So like the kids aren't going to necessarily get that, but it's kind of like subliminal messaging kind of put that in their mm-hmm. head. That's like, don't, you know, discriminate and right. stuff like that. Um yeah, rewatch it with that. No, mind. I'm gonna it's, have to. Awesome. Um, that sounds like super enlightening. I don't know. To me, like, yeah, like doing stuff like that is super important. And I don't know, just with our group of friends in general, like the people we've grown up with, is he, he, is and always has been super diverse. So for me to kind of have some of these preconceived notions of a certain group of people just for something of like skin color seems foreign to me in many ways and i i mean i can kind of you know do some sort of cultural understanding sociological whatever you do to it to kind of see where that could come from Mm -hmm. but just with like you know obviously i'm talking to both of you guys (laughs) like it just seems so crazy to me that these things still exist today and i mean i mean even rogan just mentioned it like on one of his podcasts um with i think it was brian callen recently and he was saying like Slavery was a thing less than, like, it was 1886. So, that's crazy. Like, less than 200 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was, wasn't that long ago. It really wasn't that long ago. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, so it just kind of drives me crazy that, like, even though we seem so, quote-unquote, civilized in many ways, we're really barely moved the needle in some respects. Yeah. Even after 300 years of the American experiment or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it kind of drives me crazy when you know people love to divide themselves and along invisible boundaries yeah (laughs) so i don't know yeah that's what um that's what fear does yeah i mean you're definitely right about that you uh you pass you pass like one law that says they can you know people can be free and then it's like well i don't want you really free especially since we created an entire economy on slavery yeah and then it becomes okay well where's the loophole and then where's the next loophole? And then where's the next loophole? So it kind of never really gets either dealt with or talked about, like, head on. It just yeah. becomes something pushed to, like, the back burner. And then eventually, you know, there's certain black people that can't get homes in certain areas. And, yeah. like, it's kind of a loophole because is it is it really illegal? Ah, kind of. But is anybody going to say anything? Ah, not really. And then by the time that people kind of like as a whole, as a whole society realize how much these things have done damage, then it's almost like it's almost too late. And then at that point, nobody still even wants to address it because they're like, oh, whatever that was in the past. What, you know, what are we going to do now? We're going to, yeah. you know what I mean? So huh. I don't know. That's, that's kind of how I feel about it. No, I mean, it, you, you kind of paint the picture, I think, really pretty well with describing it because it's like because. When, once it passes through the government and says, yeah, this is okay, then other people... I think a really good example of that is kind of like the weed legalization thing right now, except it's kind of going from the state to federal, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit different. Um, but, like, you know, you have different people in different places that have different feelings about these things, and I think it's mostly positive. Like, I can remember even high school where it was kind of like still had a stigma around it of like, you know, you smoke weed, you're, gonna you know, dope. You're, like, yeah. stupid or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, has kind of changed or shifted, but it's, it's some of those things, you know, if they wanted to make a big problem out of it, they can, or if they want to, you know, do not pass go for some reason, they'll make up a reason for that to happen. And, you know, 
I think for the most part, it's going in a positive direction. In in general, I think it's there's less gloom and doom than people yeah. think. It's just certain areas make it seem worse than it really is, or like the the I don't know. I think mean, the best example is like the bad apple ruins the whole bunch on yeah. both sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That so that makes it much harder because that's what gets picked up by the news media and things like that. Because it's like when you see something good that happens, you don't see that on the news. Really, right. you know, right. <laughs> or you hear about a guy like there's got to be communities out there where these things are not as bad, you know, like the, you know, whatever, you know, community relations there are. Um, I think I forget what it was. I was think it was Jamie Foxx on mm. Tim Ferriss's podcast talked about this kind of stuff on on his episode that was many like a couple years ago now. But it was like toward the end, he's like, you know, I see these people who are, you know, you know, why don't you just get like a black man and a cop and you have them to have a conversation with each other or you have them go to schools and you have them, you know, go to these communities and like just talk to people, you know, just put them in the same area of each other and just have a conversation. And it kind of would destemify all of this thing. Cause then you just realize that, Oh, these people were, you know, are just people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, the, just the idea of just talking instead of like shouting at each other and saying, you know, <laughs> yeah. what everyone is afraid of kind of, yeah. I, I feel like yeah. I feel like at the bottom of everything people just want to be comfortable. Yeah. And some people have to go through more to be comfortable wherever, mm-hmm. not just, you know, not just black people or right. whatever. No, yeah, I think in, just general. <laughs> in a general sense, people just want to be comfortable <laughs> and not have certain worries and stuff. Um and I feel like if you just keep that in mind, it it can make you put a lot of things in perspective. So even talking to people with different viewpoints, just think that, okay, this person just wants to be comfortable and their sense of comfortability might be different than mine. Yeah. But it, it, with that in mind, it just helps you kind of get to a conclusion and stuff. So I feel like people just aren't willing really like meet in the middle or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And it's like, no, well, this makes me comfortable and <clears throat> what you're saying. I don't like that. Yeah. So you're wrong, and it's. I feel like things like this. It's more gray. Yeah. You know what I mean than black and white. It's super no gray. No pun intended. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. but um. Yeah. Yeah. Just conversations, really. It's conversations without finger pointing. Yes. Really, go a long way, and that's kind of where I try to stand. Um. Because obviously, so I went to school for law enforcement. Yeah. So it's not, I have nothing against law enforcement. You know right. what I mean? Like I'm the last person. I mean, you were in the military. Yeah. Like, come on. Right. So like, but <laughs> both at, of you guys. Right. So I, but at the same time, I can look and yeah. say like, yeah, there is some, there's work to be done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so recently I watched this movie. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's called Detroit, uh, directed by the woman. I, I forget her name. Yeah. I forget her name. She directed Hurt Locker. She won a, oh. I think she was the first woman to win best director that's awesome. or best movie. I'm butchering that, but something yeah. like that. Um, um, we can look it up, put in the mm-hmm. show notes or something. I'll put it in. Um, but she directed Hurt Locker and then directed Detroit. And it was about, um, the whole unrest that was going on in the eighties, seventies mm-hmm. in Detroit. Um, they're like race relations and stuff like that. There was like riots and it was, yeah, it was really bad. Insane. I've heard yeah. of it being really bad. Yeah. I didn't realize, so I knew it was bad, but then watching that movie, then I went and like backtracked and like looked into it again. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how insane it was. Um, so the movie focuses on these cops going into, well, the riots itself, but then these cops going into this hotel after like they heard shots fired. It turned out to be 
um, like a cap gun oh, or okay. something like that or a BB gun something, but it wasn't the real gun. gun. Yeah, and they go into this hotel to find the gun, and they end up just like completely abusing these like young kids, and like I think they killed three of them or something. And it was like this big thing, and none of the cops got arrested. Holy was, cow! Yeah, go, I would go watch it. I forget the name of the hotel. It's like Edgar's or something. A T G E R S. I think it's something like that. I might be spelling that wrong. Um, but yeah, so after I watched that, I was like, yeah, man, that was only what 40 years ago. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. really that long ago. I mean, even if you think about like the Martin Luther King speech, yeah, that was in the sixties. Like, right. It was yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just crazy. It's just so crazy. You know, I don't know. I always think about these things as like, as a person who's like, loves technology and the progression of things and when i see stuff like a lot of these things like for example we just talked about the liam neeson debate which is i think pertinent to this conversation in some ways Mm -hmm. um i think the way we talked about that was really important like really level you know and i think we had a good discussion and there'll be another one with joe which will be alive by then by the time this one goes uh live and and i think i don't know just having these things and not getting so wrapped up in how you feel about them like sure there's going to be feelings that happen sometimes and whatnot um but when you kind of look at them and be like okay i can see where another group of people is coming from and i think when after we talked about it the multiple times that we have i I kind of can more accurately depict the pictures of certain things and be like oh i can see why someone would feel that way right 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 you know, like even the way my dad talks about certain things sometimes and I'm like, okay, I could see why, you know, he would say something like that, but I don't agree with it right. and I'm not going to be like mad at him for it. Cause it's like, you know, he, yeah. he, that's just what he grew up around kind of thing. And the only way to do, to get past those things is kind of being like, that's where they're coming from and make the conscious decision to be like, I don't want to be that way. Whereas like Dante gave the, you know, the, his superior in the military was like, Oh, I grew up like this. And my dad used to talk like this. And Mm -hmm. he, he obviously wasn't able to kind of separate himself enough from it, but he knew better than just to be, you know, he's like, sorry, man, I just, you know, yeah, it's the unfortunate circumstance. And the only way to break the cycle, so to speak, is to become aware of it. (laughs) And I think that's the first step. And then once you're aware of it, then you can pass it on to your kids and Mm -hmm. then hopefully it sticks. And then it just keeps going. Right. down the line and then hopefully by the time <laughs> we're just getting a little bit better every time <laughs> to be the optimist <laughs> i don't know it's just such a almost daunting thing because it transcends a single single individual yeah in many ways yeah yeah all you all you can really do is just try to just try to educate as much as you can and hopefully um for both sides yeah for both sides for anybody just to understand somebody else's perspective and Hopefully, um, down the line, they, they, um, as you said, try to tell like their children how stuff is. So, yeah, and say this isn't the right way to do it. They're just people too, you know. Yeah. Like the way I always say it is like, whenever we make these invisible boundaries between things, is we're all team human. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of what we look like on the yeah. outside, like. <laughs> You take our DNA, we're still, you know, 98, per, you know, 99.9999 forever yeah. <laughs> percent related. <Right. laughs> so it's just, you know, it's just so crazy um, just looking at it. And I don't know. And it, it feels weird to think about it sometimes. You know, we've. It's like we've come so far to still fight about 
these simple things. Trivial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I will say though on a lighter note, I do yeah. think things are going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. basically awareness and this is why I do like social media. Part of the reason. I was about to say I, like, I was about to bring up the same point. Were you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, same page. Yeah, there's like there's a negative stigma around it, which fairly so around social media, but I feel like things that it does do is it connects cultures that other otherwise wouldn't be connected Mm -hmm. and it helps for the people who want to listen or who want to want to listen if that makes sense no yeah (laughs) um it kind of takes away that bridge so or Mm -hmm. just makes the bridge a little shorter so you can kind of see other people's points of view and be like oh okay and you don't have to like we're back in the day you had to literally go talk to right, them you know what i mean there's a chance that you'd never see another person of color depending right. on where you lived or whatever exactly so it's <laughs> like i mean a lot of it was just like unfamiliarity yeah out and them not being comfortable they're not going to leave their neighborhood to go to a neighborhood where they're not comfortable yeah. to well i'm trying to figure this out some people did and that took huge character for those people who did so mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'm not not um downplaying that but i feel like now it's easier so i feel like with things like that you know in the next 10 20 years yeah. it's gonna we're gonna be I mean, it's the idea of, like, the getting to the other side of the tracks, you know, so to speak. Yeah. You know, like, old school, old towns kind of had that idea where it's like, oh, you're on that side of the tracks or you're mm-hmm. on the other side of the tracks kind of thing. Um, and I think one of the, I don't know, as you were just describing that, I was thinking about, like, social media as, like a, like, a cultural melting pot. And I think one of the biggest or best ways I think we could kind of um, blur the lines is to share each other's food. And I think that's what America does really well in general is the cultural heritage of food and then mm-hmm. just the ability to try different yeah. places, like different cultures, really opens up that conversation because food is so ingrained in like conversation, basically. Yeah. You, we know when you go out there, you have a group of people and it's all built around communication, basically. And then once right. you understand where the food come from, you kind of understand where those people are coming from, too. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know, it's just kind of an interesting little lighthearted twist there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So so for the for the food aspect, would you would you be interested in going to Sardinia? Do you know do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, I feel like I know the name, but I'm not a, I couldn't picture point to it on a map. There is a country in Sardinia. It is I think it's next to Italy. It's mm-hmm. in that general area. Um in that in that country. It made me think of Sardinia. That's they have a they have a type of cheese uh-huh. that is um it's it's like a goat cheese or yeah. something like that it's 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 really weird um I guess to us but they have a <laughs> cheese that they let sit for it's like a rotten about cheese. three yeah like they let it sit out for about like three days and then the maggots that are inside of it they eat the whole cheese. It's like a, like a delicacy. Like it's their, it's their nation's like food. So you eat wait, wait, wait. the maggot? Yes. You eat maggot infested cheese. <laughs> Jordan's face right now. <laughs> yep. It's in, it's in Sardinia. It is like, yeah, it's See, I, to me, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, there's certain things that I like food, but that doesn't sound like food to me. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were going over it in class and I literally, they were like, Oh, so what do you think about it? And I, and I, I told the teacher, I was like, this seems like something that somebody made by accident and now it's just a thing in the country. Right. Like it really does. I mean, if you think about the history of that, it's probably something that, you know, there was a famine and then they just had rotten cheese and they had to eat it 
And then over time, it became like this cultural heritage of like, you know, every year because of this famine, we're going to have this cheese. And now it's just a, a cultural thing that just stuck for gross exactly. reasons. That or it's a joke. And they're like, let's just fool the rest of the world <laughs> <laughs> into eating these maggots. No, it's, 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 it's not a joke. Um, I forgot what. Um, I will look this up and put it in the show notes, but I'll blindfold myself so I don't see this. Oh, I, th- I think it's a I think it's a province. It might be a province in Italy because the country that it's in, they made it illegal for like four years. What? But then that pro- that province fought the country because they said that it was a part of their heritage, and they eventually won, and now they have it. They have it back. So it's a, it's a pro- it's a province. It might be a province in Italy. I'm not I'm not sure. But yeah, Dang. that's that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I might skip that one, <laughs> but <laughs> I do agree. There's just stuff I won't eat. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. But, like, I had uh, pierogies for the first time a couple yeah. weeks ago, and I'm like, yo. Those are good. Give me some more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now I'm, like, looking up Polish restaurants to go, like, get more, because I'm like, yo, I didn't know how delicious this was. Yeah. Kind of disappointed in myself that it took me, you know, 25 I know. years. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> hurt, because all I, you just have to ask me. I can just yeah. give you the whole gamut of Polish food. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never I, have. I'll call my grandma over, and she'll make you everything. Her one English word is eat. Yeah, <laughs> I can do that. Like she tells me, all, she tells my mom because I don't speak Polish. She tells my mom all the time. She's like skinny. She's like they need to eat more. I'm like, she, when we were little, she would give us mixing bowls of cereal, hmm. mixing bowls, like big as my head bowls. There's no such thing as small portions in Polish. Oh, yes. yeah, I can, some. I can never, I can never eat that. I don't. I don't know. Me personally, I drink. I I eat one bowl of cereal, and I'm like, this. This is enough. This is probably too much, as a matter of fact. So. I mean, with that much sugar is in it, yeah. I love cereal. <laughs> I just okay. I'm gonna throw some spit some game here. Okay, ooh, ooh. on the cereal game, just because we're talking about it. Yeah. So right. this is what I do. All right, to keep it a little healthy, I get some mini wheats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Frosted mini wheats. Uh, I usually do. I usually do the the blueberry frosted. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you throw some strawberry milk in there. Ooh. Let me just tell you, I, I I would eat that for the rest of my life and be okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, just try it. Everyone listening, just do it. That's that was I was not expecting you to go to the strawberry milk. Yeah, it's yeah. a game changer. That sounds that sounds pretty good. Yeah, actually. it was. Uh, when did the first, oh? So the first time I had it was in school, and uh, it sounds like a school thing. Yeah, and it was like late, and the cafeteria had closed, but like the C store, the convenience store was yeah. open, and we're like, shit, dude, we wanted. Me and my roommate, I forgot. We wanted something specific, and we couldn't get any more. We're like, shit. So we're down there looking, and I'm just, like, walking around. And I'm like, man, I don't want any. There was, like, like Lunchables and all this random college food yeah. stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what I want. And I see strawberry milk, and I'm like, I've actually never had strawberry milk. <laughs> so I grabbed that first. Now I'm like, okay, I need, like, cookies or something sweet to go with this just for a snack. And I see the mini wheats, and I'm like, yo, that might be fire. <laughs> so I, I did it and I was I ate it like every day for like a month. And my roommate was like, you're so disgusting. And I'm like, just do it. And then he did it. He's like, yo, <laughs> he's like, this is so good. I'm like, I told you. So you're just, like, this is why you got to listen to me. Yeah. I wish Herrera was here right now because he probably talked some mad like game about uh, this. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> it would probably be really funny. Yeah. We'll have to ask him about it later on. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, I don't know. That doesn't sound too bad. It's just some of the weird food recipes that people make up, like the the, the flame and hot Cheeto stuff that people used to do in high school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too much. <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah. Um. 
Uh, those are bad, bad memories, man. Bad memories. <laughs> this, the stuff, the stuff shells um, that they had at Conan were probably the most disgusting thing Yo, that I, I've ever tasted. Those really? are pretty I good, love though. And I don't, you know, yeah, I know. That's what's weird is that everyone <laughs> loved them, but I could not eat them. So, really? Apparently, yeah. they've gotten rid of yeah. like half of the unhealthy things now. Really? You can't have. There's no Big Daddy pizza. There's no the cookies. XL cookies. There's no cookies. There's no taco salad. I don't think anymore. Hmm. Like there ain't nothing. Yo, those cookies were freaking disgusting, though. Yo, the amount of grease. If I would have yeah. known what I know now about health, yeah, I would have like <gasps> given myself a heart attack. Like, why are the cookies that greasy? Oh man. <laughs> They were good at the time, <laughs> but they're totally worth it when, yeah. when we had it. But <laughs> Crazy. God damn! Other than that, Dante, anything yeah. else going on since since we've kind of derailed ourselves from the depressing um, side of things? Yeah, right. Finally, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, I've changed my diet. I guess it's a little. Well, it's not. It's not that depressing. But I've had to. Speaking of food, I've had to change my diet. Oh really? Um, my yeah, my my cholesterol mm-hmm. is a little high. My LDL cholesterol. Okay. So I've had to recently, um, like now for breakfast, I'll I'll eat oatmeal, mm-hmm. drink a glass of water and like a banana, and um, and I've been going to the gym a lot too lately. So it's been good to kind of I feel I feel a lot better too, just eating like oatmeal, try not to eat so much yeah. like beef. So now now I'll oh, eat. Oh really? Um, so you had to I'll eat chicken, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, now I'll eat I'll eat chicken because it's. Uh, like lean chicken, right? And then I'll try to, I'll try to get most of my carbs in before I go to the gym later on in the day, so I have enough energy yep. to burn. And then for dinner, I usually try to just make it light now, because before dinner, ooh, I used to just pig out, man. You know, <laughs> my wife, my wife's Mexican, and you know, her mother-in-law or she will cook and. They just cook tons of food, and you're just like, you know, oh, there's food in front of me. I'm just back gonna... from that. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, I can so now, see that. now I'll try to portion it, and like with soda too, I'll try to have like, like half a cup of soda. I watch my caffeine now, no more than two hundred a day. Yeah, I try so, to do um, that too. I try to stop drinking caffeine by two p.m. Just in general. Ooh, two. Yeah. My my last my last caffeine intake will probably be at like five o'clock. That's because what I, I I bought yeah I bought um caffeine pills mm-hmm. because I was taking this amino acid um I forget the company but it's a it's a popular one real popular one mm-hmm. but in that amino acid that's like a kind of a pre workout they had caffeine in there but it wasn't the caffeine that was making me feel weird it was an ingredient in there that started with the T. I can't I can't remember the name, but that specific ingredient like makes your heart rate like go out of control. Like it's one of the like side effects. Is it taurine maybe? And um No, not taurine. It's like T R I, I can't think of the name. It's not taurine. Tyrosine? It's something that it I'm trying to think of I think it's that. I think it I think it is tyrosine. Okay. Yeah, I think that's it's one that. of the that's another one but of the that, aminos, the main aminos for energy. It might give you tinglys and but, stuff like that, yeah. Well, that I'm pretty sure that specific thing was making my heart rate go out of control, like pretty huh. bad. Yeah. And now that I've been taking caffeine pills, it's like so much better. Like I just take a regular non-stimulant amino acid, and now yeah. I try not to take too much because I know that all that <clears throat> amino acids kind of turn to fat. But 
I would just take that amino acid and then a caffeine pill now. Yeah. And then that, that's like, that's like perfect for me. So that's interesting. That's kind of what I do now. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really important that you kind of monitor caffeine intake in general. Cause a lot of people I think are just so used to, uh, overdosing. Yeah. Basically overdosing. And it, I mean, it's a stimulant and it affects the brain. Um, I, I try to cycle it every two, like a month or so, like where I take a week off at least and like give my brain a chance where I have no caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I will tell you the first 24 hours, I feel fine. Second 24 hours, like 48 hours after, oh my God, my body is in straight up rebellion. It's like, bro, you took away our caffeine. We were expecting it and now it's not here and now you are going to have the worst headache of your life and you're going to be like overdosing. Like it like feels like straight up withdrawals. Like it's terrible. Like I usually fall asleep like 8 p.m. the day I don't like the second day because like I get splitting headaches, just like sleepy, like yawning constantly, like Man. it's fucking weird. Um, usually, like you don't really realize what caffeine does to you until you stop taking it because it's yeah. so prevalent, it, like it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's super worth cycling it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I recently, um, I think I took five days off from it mm-hmm. just because. I don't know. This flu season has been like the longest flu season I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> the, um, I had to not go to the gym or not take any like supplements really for like five days. Yeah. And the day that I started taking caffeine, boy, it hit me like like a brick wall. I was I was wide awake. <laughs> I was like, man, I am not going to go to sleep for a long time. But I mean, I, I, I was fine because, you know, yeah. I, I got two kids. They, they ran all that caffeine on my system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get a bet on that one. I know caffeine is a weird one, like too, especially once you like don't like, especially once you don't take it for a little while and then you take it again, you're like, oh, this is what it's really like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As Jordan's got coffee. Yeah, I got my medium sized Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah, I don't really do caffeine at all, though. Like only when I really need it. Yeah, I don't really um, see you drink it all that much. Yeah, I try it's not. More to. beer is your kryptonite, I would say. Oh yeah, and that's because you're at a bartender in two places so yeah it's kind of hard not to be yeah and then you see people doing both so yeah people coming mm-hmm. in drinking like two monsters yeah that's insanity and then drinking having several drinks after shifts and i'm like dude you are literally killing yourself you know what i yeah. mean like those things have so yeah. many preservatives inside them like you're preserving your insides yeah. i don't know what you're preserving but like don't like legitimately think about (laughs) think about drinking those things because you really don't want to be it's bad i like if i ever do one of those i usually drink half of it and then throw the other half out (coughs) yes that's good that's a good uh good policy to have i actually didn't even know monsters were that bad until like well like years after i stopped drinking them so much because when i was in uh school for Mm -hmm. the military um when i was in north carolina oh man i'm talking like disgusting and at the time, I was smoking too, which didn't make it any better. Oh no! So like in the morning, yeah, in the morning we had a uh, we had a vending machine right by the barracks. So in the morning, I would wake up, I'd go get a coffee monster, smoke a cigarette, walk to, or no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to class. I I had night class, so I do whatever during. The, I'd go eat, Probably do whatever, the gym or something. Then I'd have it. Yeah, and then I have another monster right before my evening class. And then I'd be in class kind of sipping on a monster and then I'd go back, eat and usually have like a monster. So I was, I was drinking like like four or five all day, (laughs) literally, literally literally all day. And I was smoking too. So you're just straight up buzzed all day. Pretty pretty disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, that but what's crazy is it doesn't even feel like your buzz. It just feels like you're normal at that point. Right, yeah. Because when you're just insane. taking in that much caffeine and sugar, it's just like, I just want to function. I'm not even like trying to get myself amped up. It's just, I just yeah. want to be awake. So Yeah, I'm just, I'm so like, I've, I've dove, dove so deep into sleep science lately. Like there's the book, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Like legitimately, just don't fuck with your sleep. Like, I know it's cool to be like, I only get like six hours of sleep a night. Or yeah. At least that's how it was in high school. I remember it being yeah. like, but legitimately do not cut out on your sleep. Like yeah. if you can sleep a full eight hours or whatever you need to sleep without an alarm, do it. Yeah. Just do it. So I, I will say I tried. I tried to do the, uh, cause Joe, Joe says one of his professors, um, I forget his name, um, but one of his professors gets like four hours of sleep oh, a yeah. night and it's like perfectly fine. Dr. Fretz. Yeah. So I was like, I want to try that. Don't do it. No, I tried it. <laughs> I tried it for like two months and I was getting four hours of sleep. And the first month I was like, yo, I like this. And the second month I was like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I was like a zombie for it. the second month. And I was like, dude, that's hard. So I did it for those two months. And I feel like only do it if it's necessary for a short period of time. So like if you're yeah. just crammed, busy and you like your day's booked and you like <laughs> say you need a week where you just need to optimize time. I sure. mean, there's going to be points where you're going to need to do that anyways. Yeah. Like, i.e., you've got kids or mm-hmm. you've got, like, some sort of business deal yeah. going through or something like that. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but a lot of the, your sleep need, like, on a daily basis is genetically determined. So f- my guess is he's genetically predetermined where he doesn't need as much sleep as the average person. Right. And he's also hyper outgoing, so mm-hmm. he doesn't need to just, you know, be off doing his own thing kind of thing like that. It's... There's a lot to it, and you know I'm wearing two wearables that track my sleep to kind of figure out what the science says and what yeah. the data says. It's it's weird, and I can tell too because like now it's starting to aggregate and get smarter, where it tells me like it'll ask you subjective questions. So like mm-hmm. if you're in bed and you like use um, a screen device and you say you like you check the box like yes yeah. or no, and it says now it's starting to aggregate since I've been wearing it for a couple months. And it says like, oh, when you say that you've you know worked on a screen device while in bed, your sleep is like eleven percent shorter, hmm. stuff like that. And there's a lot of science saying that like you should remove your phone from your bed, you should remove cover any of the little like LED lights on like the TVs or charging stuff or whatever because like everything has a little tiny LED on it yeah. nowadays. <laughs> uh, you should cover those up with like some sort of masking tape or electrical tape because. Yeah even that little bit of light can affect your sleep. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. My charger, my phone charger had this bright, like ridiculously bright blue, like it would light up a room bright. And I'm like, that's unnecessary. Yeah. So I put tape that's over like it. Cause the, this thing, when I yeah. accidentally bump it on something, it's bright as fuck. Yeah. Especially when you're like in the dark room and you're like, ah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, for those of you who I showed it, it's my whoop, uh, wrist sleep band but when i tap it it shows the, the battery level and those leds on it are actually surprisingly bright yeah um so yeah it's, it's pretty it's it's a really interesting idea and then that's kind of why i got super into sleep is from the caffeine question it's like yeah. i was like oh, i'm gonna do a month off and see if like i feel like better like sleeping like does my total time sleep total time of sleep get better and does my total like just the quality of my sleep get better and i would say one, I'm able to fall asleep faster, and two, I feel more rested in general, which is interesting. Yeah, and it just makes sense though from the way that it works. The only other weird thing about <laughs> limiting caffeine, which is weird, is um, caffeine mimics 
adrenaline in the system. So that means when it mimics uh, adrenaline, it makes blood flow to your like stomach become less. So you become less hungry by having caffeine in your system. So when I get off of caffeine, I want to eat everything in sight, <laughs> which is the strangest thing ever. I would never have guessed that. Like, mm. a, like normally if I'm oh. having caffeine around like lunchtime, I won't be hungry around lunchtime then. Hmm. But as soon as I get off of it after two I'm days, starving. I'm just be like, damn, I'm hungry today. <laughs> or like get hungry around dinner oh, time. Like for- if I go like 4 p.m. to the gym, if I don't have caffeine before I go to the gym, then I won't really be hungry after the gym unless mm-hmm. it's like just from muscular fatigue kind right, of hungry. Right. So it's it's a, it's just a super interesting for, thing. For for me, I I noticed that pretty quick, almost to the point where I almost thought I was like, like diabetic or something <laughs> because like in the morning, like if I if I have coffee in the morning or I have yeah. something that has caffeine, I'm I'm you know I I won't be hungry. But I always feel like the need to eat immediately. Like if I drink coffee, twenty minutes later, my stomach just it gets that feeling, and then I start getting shaky. Like oh, I really? need something. Yeah, like I need something to put in my stomach. So what? Like if I drink coffee now, what I usually try to do is I'll usually eat like a banana or that's something. Kinda, that's interesting. That kind of makes sense though too, because caffeine is a diuretic. So it could be that you're because some people have issues with caffeine where it can upset the stomach depending on how sensitive you are to it. Yeah. So that is an yeah. interesting one. That's why there's there's like three or four actually different types of like molecular caffeine. Usually the supplement ones that's like in your pre-workouts or whatever is called anhydrous caffeine. Hmm. So it has a faster absorption rate and it's usually, usually less um, extreme on the system. So it's fast absorption, fast um, through your system kind of. Cool. So it hits you better and then it doesn't linger as long as like other impure versions of it is my guess biochemically so would that result in like a harder crash no it's just supposed less? to not crash gotcha like you said the most to not be like you know that 2 p.m crash like mm-hmm. you know five hour energy kind of thing where it's like you hit take it and then it's there and then right. you're like oh god yeah. <laughs> like a zombie yeah so yeah i would say that uh do your own research on this though because i am not a biochemist yeah, <laughs> I just am super yeah. interested. And everybody, everybody's body's different. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Find what works for you too. Yeah, like legitimately. Yeah. Um, other than that, Dante, you did mention that you did an acting class. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, so how did that go? That's it was, pretty cool. It was, <laughs> it was. It was pretty fun, and it was. I, for me, it helped. Well, I guess it's kind of a coincidence. Um. I'm kind of, I recently started going to see like a shrink, you could say, mm-hmm. or like my personal problems and whatnot. And it kind of ties over into the acting class because when, like the biggest thing that I, I kind of pick, picked up from it is that what you're thinking when you're trying to portray an actor or you're trying to uh, act out a scene, whatever you're thinking is going to show whether you think it is or not. So you really have to be invested mentally in the entirety of that character. Um, the the class the class that I took was uh, from the, one of the theaters out here, which I didn't know. Um, I didn't know until I looked it up. I guess it's it's a big like, well not that big, but like a sizable like acting community. Like they have a huge McCallum Theater that's out by the by the college, and. Um, I took it 
in January. I think it was January. And um, it was only it was only like once a week. You know, it's just like a beginning acting class or whatever. Yeah. But it was um, it was it was great. We did um, we did some like script reading, and then we had like a scene where we wrote we wrote our own like short scene, and then we did some monologues, which was good. I like kind of doing like the monologues and, um, and yeah, she's supposed to be doing another acting class, um, in a couple of months. Cause she's, she teaches other places and stuff like that. So yeah. now we're in kind of like a break period, but it was, it was great. Like you get to see too, like, um, there's, there's this one guy, he's a, he's a Middle Eastern guy and he's like a, a financial analyst. So he's, he always comes to the class and, in like a suit and tie and shit, like looking all like a hundred percent. And you know, like everyone else there is in like regular clothes. So it was like, it's funny to see him walk in, but um, <laughs> there's like cool. a couple of different scenes where we had to deal with um, betrayal because you know, you, when you're, when you're acting, you kind of use like a lot of your own life experiences if you can. And there was like a scene about betrayal or something like that about betrayal and kind of like love. And it was just interesting to see him kind of have trouble with it because he has never had that experience happen in his life. So it was like hard for him to kind of dig somewhere and kind of portray what that person might've been feeling. But it was like, it was, it was cool to see that because you kind of almost get to see in like a kind of shortened way, like what people have been through or what they know about emotionally that they can project in that character. So it was, um, it was, it was pretty cool. That's neat. That's super yeah. cool. The, uh, the, the overlapping circles here is kind of mind blowing right now yeah. between what we've always been discussing lately with storytelling and writing. And now mm-hmm. Dante's over here with diving into acting a right. little bit is, is so cool to hear. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, a little surreal in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the coolest things I think acting. Cause like, mm-hmm you've been yourself for so long and now it's like, all right, now you got to be someone else, someone else. Um, it's an interesting philosophical discussion right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool though. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. You're doing that, man. You definitely got to keep us updated on how that goes. Yeah. And- Are you a thespian now? Well, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> I only took one beginner's class. So Basically sure. If that's what you guys want to call me, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> And it was, uh, it was great for me too, because it kind of, it, it forced me to kind of look at myself with like an honest lens. And at the same time I was, I was going to talk to like a, like a psychiatrist you, you could say, and um, mm-hmm. it really, it really shows you that, well, for one, you know, Dave, Dave Chappelle once said like, you know, these, all these celebrities that are that have this much fame and whatnot, like you don't, you can't get to that level and not be mentally strong. It's impossible. And it, and it's, and it's true. Like even at the level that the beginning acting class, like it really shows like you have to be, you have to have everything in order per se to be able to go and then perform in front of a group of group of people that are going to, that are going to see it because of what you're thinking is going to come out unintentionally, whether you want it to or not. So if you're thinking about other things and 
like all this and all that, and it, it's it's going to show, and it's just it's going to hinder the performance. Wow. So it really, you really have to have your your mental state locked on. That's crazy. and um, hmm. when we uh, well, we kind of we kind of talked about like Daniel Day Lewis and because you know Daniel Day Lewis and you know a lot of other actors they'll kind of they'll stay in character Method for acting. almost the entirety of the whole day. Yeah. Or whatever, whatever, or the, whatever scene they're shooting on the set for that whole time that they're on set, they're still in character. Yeah. It's called method and acting. Like, yeah. Method acting. And, um, it's kind of when you, when you do that, like method acting specifically, it's a kind of a, a huge strain like on you as a person, because there's so much mentality involved. Like when I first, when I first heard that, that um the people were saying like oh the you know when Heath Ledger um when Heath Ledger passed away um that like the role kind of like took over him and and especially if like your your method acting it can and it will um especially when you're portraying like someone like a psychotic character like that that's why all these actors they they spend so much money just to go to like mental institutions to talk to counselors to talk to other people. Like they, they have to do all this to portray that image. They they literally almost in a way have to make themselves that person. Maybe not completely, but almost like that entire mentality. They have to encompass it just to convince you for maybe 30, 40 minutes of screen time that this is a real person that you're watching. This is like this is a real rendition of like that that person. So it's, it's kind of, you can kind of see how it lets you see how the mentality of it can, if you're not, if you don't have everything in order, if you're not like, just, you don't have a strong mentality, how you can kind of get like swept away in it almost. Yeah, Yeah. I truly, that's, I never would have thought of it that way, but that makes a lot of sense. And have you considered trying to do like, maybe not meditation specifically, but like some sort of mindfulness practice. Like there's a whole bunch of really good apps out there now that can really help kind of do these things. Like, even though you say you're doing the therapy stuff, which is super, I think that's really useful in in its, in its own right. Um, I think there used to be a stigma on it and I don't, I don't think there should be one now because I think having someone who's outside of your own, like you can't really go to a friend or someone like that because they know you too much. And they're more likely to say, man, just, you know, slap out of it or whatever. It, when you have someone out there that's just an observer and just wants you to figure things out and just kind of point things out to you, I think that's super helpful in its own way. Um, but have you considered anything like that, like meditation or mindfulness apps? Um, I I have. But for for me, I think the biggest issue for me was just addressing a lot of mm. a lot of things mm-hmm. because i mean i'm like 26 now and i have a i've had a lot of things happen to me that i just kind of i've ignored yeah and i didn't think like i didn't think these things were like a problem at all i was like whatever you know just move yeah. on but everyone's you know everyone's not the same and you don't for me, I didn't really realize like how these things were affecting me or anything like that until, you know, I've been married for a little bit. And then yeah. my wife tells me, Hey, you know, you need to go, you need to go talk to someone. Yeah. 
So that so that and taking the class has made me be really introspective to be able to fix myself. Yeah. And to be able to put on like a decent performance in front of the class, you could say, because it's not in front of like a like a crowd or anything. But yeah, I it's mean, a, it's, it's all been it's all been helpful. That's so. so that's really that's really good, man. Because like I think a lot of times is those things that go unaddressed are the things that um, we don't realize is actually causing the most harm in some ways. You know, because you let those things fester basically from the inside, and then um, you know, thirty years from now. it's not too late so to speak but it's you know you could have stopped it before it got became a bigger problem than it already is kind of thing um and it's awesome that you're putting that work now and have even enough foresight to to you know not push back against it in in many ways yeah well you know (laughs) you know i'm trying to preserve my marriage so it's kind of it kind of <laughs> right <laughs> like, again you know I, if i was like by myself i don't think i would have i would have ever had to you know do stuff right. like this but you know just having having people around you like that it kind of yeah. you know it always forces you to try to make a change for the better so but it's been it's been good mm-hmm. and then um as you know as, as far as that goes um i had um kind of mentioned mentioned it to jordan about uh, almost like this. Well, Char- Charlemagne the God actually mentioned this too. About how there's kind of like a like a stigma, and kind of like the black community. Like if you go and talk to like a shrink about your problems, because then it's like, because he, he he said on his show like you know why why are you going telling somebody else about your problems? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's always kind of been that too, because my 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 mother grew up in Cabrini Green. Yeah. And like the like real Chicago projects, mm-hmm. so and she's she's great, she's a great person. But you know, it's it's almost like that kind of like what are you what are you complaining for yeah. type thing. And I say you don't really have anything to complain about, right? And then um, you know, eventually, if you don't try to address it later on, you know, it kind of it'll just it'll just show up in its own ways of ugliness. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's kind of it's kind of sad that it's that it's even like that, right? But um, yeah. I mean, that goes back it's, to like the cultural discussion we were having earlier. Like, it's it's one of those things that you kind of had to get over. Like, sure, maybe in you know in comparison, what you've what you deal with is not you know really equatable to what you know she dealt with. But on a you know an emotional level or whatever, it still matters just as much, Yeah, you know, like, uh, like yeah. how it can affect your day to day and operate within your own, you know, frame of mind or how you act towards your family or whoever, right. Whoever happens to cross your path, it, it really has profound impacts that you may not even notice until it's addressed. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I've always said, don't compare traumas. You can't, there's no point. There's, if it affects someone, you know what I mean? If, if it affects you, it affects you. And so, you know, you've had, you, you hear people who, you know, are on deployment or have had mm-hmm. been on deployment and they're like, oh, these college kids complaining about finals. Why I was out in the desert and I couldn't, you know, this and that. And I'm yeah. like, nobody's downplaying that. Like no one's saying finals are harder, you know no, what I mean? But yeah. that's, that's not the point. You know what I mean? It's, 
they're going through a stressful moment, let them yeah. be stressed. You know what I mean? Like, just because you are stressed doesn't mean no one else can be stressed. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, it's kind of like a high watermark is the way I'd look at it, right? So, like, if the biggest, like, if the most stressful thing you've ever ever had to overcome is a final, then that's the, the pinnacle of your stressful threshold. Right. But if you've been, you know, in wartime scenario, that's your new high watermark. Right. And just to say that, you know, someone else is thing isn't as big as your thing is not really equatable because they just don't have a way of they've never experienced it period and (laughs) yeah and that's i mean that's just one thing but then you know when people have these things that are like festering within them i've really i've really um i don't want to use the word hate but i greatly dislike how in the black community it has always been very frowned upon to say like admit like yeah i do have these certain mental mm-hmm. issues or something like that and just to be open about it because especially i would say with men especially it's yeah. like no you're supposed to be strong you got to deal with this and that tough. and i'm like that's such a it just it never made sense to me ever. Yeah. i'm like i don't i don't what's the point what's the purpose behind <sighs> it you know what i mean Dante, I would recommend a book we've talked about on the podcast before is the uh, I Don't Want to Talk About It yeah, by Terrence Real. I highly, highly, highly recommend you read that book, uh, considering the things you've mentioned here. I don't I know I know you don't want to share too many details here, but I feel like you'd get a lot of value from that. And I mean I got a lot of value from it and I don't really deal with any of those things. Um, but I think it helps um, just trying to figure out how to be better in relationships period and be aware of the things that may or may not be affecting things is the things that um happened to you as a child basically in some way um and it's not out of your and then it's not in your control that those things happen but it's good to know that those things do have implications as you become older <laughs> and they may be yeah. pushed down and stuff like that so i i would really recommend that anyone listening to this podcast that have any idea that or had dealt with trauma um especially on the male side of the spectrum is is super enlightening a book and i was like i don't know i read i wrote that through that book and i underlined many pages in that thing and (laughs) i don't know how to do that book justice besides sharing it as many times as i can because it's super enlightening um because it looks at things that the basically the male culture is all about being manly and stuff like that and how we don't need to there's a way of being able to reconnect with the more emotional side of you or the relationship side of being a man is the kind of the spark notes version. I can kind of <laughs> describe it right now. So. Yeah. And um, like another, another aspect too, that is kind of um, really, I guess kind of um, shitty that mm-hmm. uh, Jordan actually mentioned in one of his posts or that he, uh, that he shared was about how, like if you if you talk correctly and you're black, then they say you act white. Oh yeah, and yeah, and, and things like that. Because I've gotten that my entire life. Like yeah, you act, I mean, yeah. And I remember going on the the first year, my freshman year, before I even met met you guys. Mm-hmm. I came to school and I remember I was wearing like a, a white polo, and it was kind of baggy because you know my mom always buys clothes because she thinks we're gonna grow into them, but <laughs> I never did. So it was like it was like a little baby. So you started going to the baby gap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, I had, but, um, had I, to throw that one in there. I, I remember I came to school, you know, I was wearing like this white with blue line polo and uh there was this this chick there and uh she was fine. 
light skin. She was she was black. She was probably mixed with something else. And they like started talking to me or whatever. And the first thing that they said was like, "Oh, you you talk white. You like you know what I mean? Like yeah, they started like I wasn't you. yeah, like I wasn't black or something. It was weird. Yeah. And I thought that chick liked me. And then after she like heard me talk or whatever, she just started ignoring me after that. And I was like, what like that's so you know weird. what I mean? Like, what, what what am I supposed to be like? You know, it's kind yeah. of like because I, I talk too proper and yeah, like that's 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 extremely toxic because how are you like, what do you how, how am I? As, you can't win for losing. It's a catch 22. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing that always the thing that always irritated, irritated me, you know, even kind of like to this day yeah. when I do hear it is is it irritates me because my my mother grew up in like the real Chicago projects yeah and she doesn't talk like that she talks proper correctly i guess she doesn't really she doesn't really speak slang i mean she definitely knows about it she grew up in like a pretty terrible time yeah but i mean you know i always think of like my mother like you know she grew up in the project she doesn't talk like that like you don't have to talk like that mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you can yeah. you can you can pronounce your words. Yeah. Now that's, that's one thing. Like I always, always just hate it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it frustrates, frustrates me to like no end. Cause it's, it, it, especially more so when you're younger, but then like, you know, you kind of grow up and you, you know, become your own self and it's kind of yeah. like, okay, who cares type thing. But especially younger, it kind of, it made you feel, like always in the middle, or like you didn't completely fit in, in certain places. Yeah, so, I was gonna say like the the thing I was thinking was kind of like riding the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's because like you get it from one side. You, you know, your your black friends or something like that. Yeah. You do talk that one. Like, why you talk white? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. And then you get yeah. it from the opposite side too, and it's like. You're like, what, how do you want me to be? I there? think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, and I and I think it's like a terrible thing because it. Why is it that speaking proper is talking white? Why can't it? Why can't I just be talking black and talk? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why does it got to be like a like a white thing? Like, like no, it, that should just be a person thing of how you speak. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like why do you got to so, add that extra label onto it? Like, it doesn't matter. Right. Like, it's 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 such an insignificant thing to to add into it. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such a. I don't know. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. It, it is super frustrating. I mean, I've gotten to like fights over that before. Yeah. When I was younger, because I was immature. <laughs> right. But, I mean, it's obviously something. It's like because you want to belong. Is, yeah. is what it comes down to. It's like you want to be. You know, you're because there's one level. It's just talking, right? And you mm-hmm. can't control how you talk because you sound like the people you live you're around right basically and then the other side of it is you look a certain way so then you become other in that in that sense right. so then you, when you sound like other and you look like other you then therefore don't fit you know you become right. the ugly duckling basically yeah. and yeah. it's like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> like how do i yeah you know it's like how do you become uh, like a transformer almost because mm-hmm. you have to like figure out how yeah. to play both sides right. then which and is, it, it sucks to even to even kind of feel like an outcast when you're not even doing anything. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like you're not you're just 
you're, you're just talking. Like, what? what how, how do I fix this? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I'm just, I'm just speaking. I, it's like you're not doing nothing. Like, wrong. I can't. It's like being short. Yeah, you know? like it's like someone doesn't like you because you're short. It's like fuck. Sorry. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> Blame my parents. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It's such a strange, strange thing that like you could draw a differentiation from the way you someone sounds. Like, yeah. sorry, my vocal cord is. <laughs> yeah. shaped like, the same or different way than yeah. you were vocal cords or just this is just how i like i just talk you know yeah professionally you know what I mean? or like whatever like it's it's you so, know what I mean? it's so it's, weird it's not wrong to talk any way like that's just that's it's just a fact yeah this is how you speak damn <sighs> well this yeah been I, in, I can't go ahead you're good oh no i was just gonna gonna say like a I kind of think it, it's more of almost like a – it's almost used as like an indicator of where you've been and what you've been through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, like, that's yeah. kind of how I feel like it is. Because, I mean, um, I, was working a, I was working a construction job, and there was a guy there that was a, a felon, <laughs> like, the, like the real dope man or whatever. It's kind of yeah. fucking scary. But um, – I was talking to him, and he told me the same thing. He goes, um, goes oh, you talk, uh, you talk pretty white. Where are you from? Yeah. And then I, I told him or whatever, and then he goes, oh, because I told him I grew up, like, in the suburbs and whatnot. Yeah. And then he just kind of, like, assumed that I had, like, he was like, oh, so you, you, got, you had both your parents around, huh? And then I was like, I had to literally tell him, I was like, no. I didn't have either one around. I grew up with my aunt, aunt yeah. and I grew up on section eight. And then he was kind of like quiet for a minute. like, oh. But it was like, it was, it was weird to kind of have to prove myself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even though I wasn't even, that's not what I was trying to do. I was just trying to have a conversation with him. But that's kind of like that, that stuff happens all the time just within like the black community. You know? Man, that's so it's like, yeah, it's, it's so convoluted because it's like, the assu- there's so many assumptions made. Yeah, it's like a fake stamp of approval. Right. You know what I mean, it's like, like, like an earning. Like you have to be, you know, it's like almost like you have to be in a shitty situation to be part of it. Yeah. You know, like otherwise you get looked down upon. Like, oh, like why is it a bad thing? Like, oh, you must have had both your parents around, kind of thing. Like, mm. wouldn't that be like awesome? Like, wouldn't you be glad someone had that? Yeah. Like he he wasn't yeah. gonna you know it's like he's not gonna respect you if you're like yeah I did it's like yeah. what is that I would have my answer would have been what does that matter not that you answered wrong I would have just been like what who cares you know what I mean yeah. like that yeah. that doesn't affect me as a person you talking to me right now yeah like <laughs> it's just weird and like this thing always gets thrown around it's like oh well you're oh you're not even black what. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that always like that would rub the song. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> like I can't. I, I mean, you know I mean, it's just it's part of the same thing as like the way you don't sound right. Like you can't win for losing. Like yeah. you you already look like it, and then at the same time, people say, "Oh, you're not really even." Yeah, and it's like, okay, yeah. I'm either one or the other. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, and then and then it's weird. It's like. It's like you know, um, you know, I like I, I still still get called the N word, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah. does it, does that make me black now? Like, yeah. <laughs> like uh, when when does it stop here? Like, <laughs> it's just it's just an ignorant approach yeah. from. Whoever, I, um, 
Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, I was just saying yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just a ignorant approach from wherever, you, whatever you get it from, and it's. I've never understood it. Never judged anyone by it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, if I'm talking to someone on the phone I haven't met, I'm not trying to figure out what they look like. Right. And I've always thought, like, I've literally been talking on the phone to someone and they've been like, are you black? What? So what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like what, is, what does it matter? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it, <laughs> it's just linguistics. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I wonder, I've always wondered if people in the South, you know, if they don't have that Southern twang. Yeah. Are Southern people like, you're not really Southern. I bet they do. You know, but yeah. so what? <laughs> like, it's so weird. Yes, I'm just, yeah, I was born in Georgia. You know what I mean? Like, what? I was born in Georgia, but I went somewhere else for school, and yeah. I learned how to talk differently. Yeah, it's like, like I, whatever. Never. Like, what if they were born in the South, and then went to, like, London for, like, five years, and had, like, a London accent, yeah. and went back home, like, man. <laughs> like, you, you ain't even from here anymore. Yeah, it's just strange within own cultures. It's like. Yeah. I think it has a lot to do with just, like, an honor culture is, like, what it comes down to. It's because it's, like, this, you know, machismo in some ways where it's, like, you know, almost in some ways kind of, like, measuring your scars in in some ways. It's, like, oh, how many ways could you stack the deck against yourself? Yeah. You know, and you still are here kind of thing. Like, oh, I can't talk about my problems. I'm stronger than that. Or Mm -hmm. I'm, you know. I sound like this because whatever re- I don't even understand. I don't even know how to articulate what, what sounding could be like something. Yeah. But regardless, like I don't know, it just seems like you have to like bury so much pain, fear, anger to just belong. Yeah, and that sounds so backwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, especially, have- especially in like the rap community, that was a thing. It was kind of like. Oh, you were raised in the suburb. You know, me being a, you know, having been a rapper and stuff, I'm on a hiatus now, but, yeah, you know, oh, you were born in the suburbs. What do you have to rap about? And it's like, it's music, man. <laughs> it's, you know, me expressing myself or whatever through music. It, I shouldn't have to have struggled the same way you struggled or anything like that to be able to make art, you know? Yeah. You know, that, that's also kind of weird, too, um, because if you think about it, it doesn't, None of that even really matters in the first place because a lot of rap artists lie. Like Twenty One Savage apparently is from Britain. Yeah. Nobody cares. <laughs> He's not even from this country. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Those. I, I'm hoping. I, I think they are, but I'm hoping those things kind of go away. Again, I think social media will help that because cultures are more integrated now, um, and you're starting to see more, like you know. Hmm you know, black kids raised in the suburbs and stuff like that. So they're not, you know, it's not the yeah. same as it was 10, 20 years ago. So you're going to start seeing more, it's going to be more of a melting pot in the, yeah, truer, in general. In the truer sense of the word, you know? And I hope phrase. so. I mean, I mean, I think honestly, this conversation goes a really long way into kind of painting a picture. I mean, cause obviously, you know, both of you guys are saying, Hey, we grew up in the suburbs and a lot of people assume the suburbs is great. And the suburbs is free from a lot of these, you know, stigmatized things or whatever. And I mean, even in your guys' situation, which is not really all that bad, still exposed to minor things that still made an impact, regardless mm-hmm. of what how big of that impact it actually is in the grand scheme of things. Um, it still is something worth talking about because that's how these things get perpetuated. Regard, you know. Yeah. 
So, and I mean, I, th- I really appreciate both you guys actually just being really forthcoming about it because I don't think you really get this like kind of discussion about it without the the normal finger pointing that we kind of were talking about before. Yeah. Um, and it it just goes a long way to kind of show a new example for these things. <laughs> yeah. Anything else, Dante, before we wrap up? Because it's already been an hour and a half or hour and 40, actually. <laughs> um, No, not really. I'm just looking forward to um, looking forward to actually finishing all these gen ed classes so yeah, I can man. study what I want. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah you're, you're just getting the, the groundwork yeah. in place, right? Yeah, hopefully no more people... Um, Piss me off. There's one guy in so <laughs> one guy in my sociology class. I actually I actually had to tell him to well, not tell him, but there was like a like a random like little experiment or whatever, and it was anonymous and it was um, like what's the worst thing you've ever done? And somebody put something I don't know if it was him or not, but they put some really, really something really heinous on there and the teacher like read it out loud. And in a way, you can kind of, like, blame her, but she's not, like, tenured or anything, so she doesn't really know how she should go about it. Yeah. But she read it out loud. It was pretty pretty heinous. Um, and this dude, like, kept cracking jokes about it. Whoa. And, um, well, like, to his buddy, like, right, right, sitting right next to him. Yeah. And then eventually, eventually, we kept going, and he, he said something else, and then I literally turned around, and I was like, do you think something's funny? Like, do you think... There's something funny about domestic violence that she's talking about right now. And then he was just like, oh, uh, no, I'm laughing about something else. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course you are. And then um, at the end of the class, the chick that sits, there's an Asian chick that sits in front of me. She literally turned around to me at the end of class and she was like, thank you for telling him to be quiet because I'm I'm a domestic abuse survivor. And I appreciate you saying something to him because I was like getting getting mad, too. And I was like, oh, like, damn, like. Yeah, that's that's immaturity. Yeah, and it just terrible. it just go, it just goes to show that like a lot of these a lot of these kids just haven't really. I mean, they're they're adults too, but <laughs> I'm I'm a little older, so I kind of see them as kids. But <laughs> how they haven't really lived a whole lot of life to understand people's sensitivities. You know yeah. what I mean? So kind of sucks, but no, hey, I mean I, t- I totally understand that. That's terrible. Like. Just to be so callous and hand wavy yeah. about something like that, like there. I mean, there's a time and place for acting certain ways, and obviously he hasn't done enough of the the deep work to figure out how to behave. And <laughs> yeah, he has no sensitivity. Um, you know, it it's one of those things. Either I don't know, can you kind of have it or you don't. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. sucks. Well, hopefully, hopefully. You know, he learned something and he tries to yeah. not well, maybe, I mean, you be said like something. that anymore. So. I mean, you yeah. said something. That's one of the ways to get people to think. Like, you know, hopefully that guy, you know, went and been like, huh, why would some... He obviously knew enough sense to not say it again. I mean, you must look pretty pissed and sent away. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, he's kind of he's kind of calmed down on his outlandish common sense. So that's been good. He doesn't really. Yeah, he doesn't say his weird comments as much like he actually is. Just talking about the subject in hand, so yeah, it's nice. <laughs> That's good. Well, guys, I think that'll wrap it up. Unless Jordan, you had something else to say? Yeah. No, I was just gonna say good luck on all that. Dante. Yeah, That's dope. dude, it's it's awesome that you're you're actually making the effort. I know it's crazy with you know having kids and being a part of family to 
even commit to going back to school because it's another expense and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it's no joke. Um, and I couldn't be more proud of you, dude. <laughs> Doing a lot of good things Thanks. over there. I, I, I do appreciate it. I miss you guys. Hopefully, um, hopefully maybe for spring break I can get out there or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'll try to I'll try to come out there. It might only be for like a couple of days, but yeah, no. um, I'll try to get out there. Yeah, I'll, I'll be in California at the end of April, but I'll be in uh, the Bay Area. But we can try to link up or something. Yeah. Whoa, that's super far. That's I know. Like, I know. It's like four hours. Yeah, but I'm, I, might, <laughs> I might be coming down towards LA. Um, to like see my brother and stuff. I'll we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk after we record <laughs> yeah. here. But okay. let's wrap it up. And then, all right, guys, um, this is awesome. We'll have to do this more often mm-hmm. until we get back in the same space as each other. Until then, this was awesome. I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening, and please enjoy the show. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you in the next episode.